Hello and welcome to the first and ten fantasy show. Um, we have got a bit of a trade deadline special today, but um, first joining me, uh, we've got David. How are you, mate? Evening. Just to confirm, I have not been traded today, so yep. <laughs> yeah, we've still got you in. Um, and also joining us once again, uh, after making a very successful debut last week, it is uh, Sean. Oh, yeah. Evening, gents. How are we doing? Yeah, all good. Hey, it's a... Uh... Always interesting on deadline day. Some interesting ways to chat about, isn't there? But that's what we're saying for all this. It's not um, maybe not the volume of uh, trades before, is there? No, a bit of a letdown, really. I've just um, finished football, catching up with what's going on. Uh, a few interesting ones to talk about. We'll get into it today. Yeah, I mean, there's already been some beef with um, Brandon Cooks, but we'll uh, get into that after. I say pretty much a second after the deadline uh and uh deadline passed he uh sent out some sent out a tweet or two but yeah we'll get to that after but um i mean well as i go straight in with uh hits and misses from last week um david how'd you do so my two suggestions last week uh my dynasty sale was tyler boyd uh this was obviously pre any long-term jamar chase injury but um i think if anything it becomes more of a sell if you are uh rebuilding in dynasty because Contenders would be more likely to pick him up now if they need some consistent production from... He's still a good player, but, um, yeah, people will want him if they want some consistent production, if there's bye weeks and injuries. So, yeah, I think it'd be easier to sell Tyler Boyd now if you want to rebuild and if um, a contender wants him, try and pick up a a young player and a a pick. And um, I still think that that's, uh, that's the case this week. Obviously, if you're a contender, you want him on your side because he's, as I said, he's consistent, but still the same, really. Um, my dynasty buy was uh, Drake London. He actually had a better week because he had more than one target. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't really um, he didn't really fire off um, in the box score, but he, um, he he was the leader in air yards and volume there. But um, there's probably still a window to acquire him because people are getting more and more frustrated. But um, I just think he's a good buy for the future because... Uh, his quarterback is clearly not on that side at the moment. And um, I think he's going to be the future wide receiver one there. So try and pick him up uh, if you're rebuilding um, from people who may want some consistency and, and something else if they're contending. Nice. And uh, Sean, do you remember, do you remember you watched from last week? I mean, one of the trades, we'll probably talk about it, won't we? One of them. We will, yeah. So, I mean, my dynasty by last week was James Cook. And um, I actually jumped in the the DMs a couple of days ago. I was quite pleased. He looked really good the other night. Um, box score wasn't amazing, but, um, you know, really getting a bit more work. And I thought it was about time that Cook would take over. But obviously today's news has, has changed that a bit. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it success. I'm still in on James Cook for Dynasty. I think um, temper expectations for this year. So, uh, yeah, probably a bit of a premature victory lap for me in the, in the DMs. But um, still go out and get James Cook. Probably at even better value now, I think. But I'm sure we'll get to the reasons for that um in redraft i said to go out and get uh raheem mostert so terrible debut for me really because Mostert didn't do very much but again i think um moves that have been made today uh, could really help Mostert. i know that obviously chase edmonds has now left the dolphins and wilson's gone in there but i still think Mostert's going to be the lead back and the volume was still there still got 14 carries um for the dolphins and uh, still gets work in the air so i still think in redraft even more so now he's still a good buy um, albeit it didn't have a great week last week. So, uh, yeah, a bit, of a bit of a hit and miss week for me. Also, it was Keenan Allen to sell, didn't play on bye week, so I uh, can't be judged on that. It's so not all bad. Uh, J- JJ Zacharyson uh, releases his transactions for every week today, and one of his um, one of his buyers was Raheem Mostert. So he's a week behind you, Sean. 
Well, absolutely, yeah. He's uh, he's been flying in the DMs, mate. Just um, <laughs> listen to me. So, cheers, lads. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a well-known listener of this podcast, so he's definitely just stolen it from you. Um, <laughs> oh well, we'll get straight into the trades. Um, so there wasn't too many, but some uh, very interesting ones. The first one of the day was TJ Hawkinson, who uh, went from the Lions to the Vikings. Um, the Lions got a second and a third rounder in twenty a uh, second rounder this year, sorry, and a uh, third rounder in twenty twenty four, and uh, the Vikings in return got TJ Hawkinson, a fourth round pick in twenty twenty three, and a conditional twenty twenty four fourth rounder. Um, pretty interesting trades in division. Um, say so I've. Hawkinson was one of my uh, one of my boys when he came out, you know, one of uh, one of my guys. Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of his. But I mean, sure, going forward, do you think this is a boost for him? Um, getting him out the out the lines where he didn't get loads of work, did he? I think it probably is a boost for him. Yeah, I mean, it was an unusual trade. Wasn't expecting it, as we said. Um, in division was still a bit of a surprise. Um, but when he came out, he came out the same year as Fan, and they were both just hyped, both from the same. Uh, same class and he's never quite hit the heights in Detroit and we were praising Detroit last week for how they're building their side so a bit of a strange one for them to let him go I think but for him individually in fantasy I think it's a real boost um obviously we've had Irv Smith go down and I haven't seen how long he's out for but they've put him on IR so gonna miss some time so um yeah I think definitely a, a really good move for Hawkinson not sure what it means for Detroit really but um yeah what about you David I was quite surprised by it because um, he's one of them rare tight ends that not only is he a really good blocker, but he's um, he's, he's, he's a good receiver as well. So I was quite surprised that um, Detroit did it. I mean, it suggests that they didn't want to pay him for some reason because I know he's uh, a free agent in 2023, I believe, the end of 2023. So I, I don't know if they just wanted the cap space or, or, or I don't know if they see long-term injury problems with him, but it's a strange one for me because it's... It's very rare to get such a good blocker and receiver where you can you can fit them in the lineup and they can do both. So I think it's excellent for the Vikings. Um, they only really had um, Irv Smith there and he's more a move tight end. So they used to kind of, kind of bring in Smith and Johnny Munt, whereas Hawkinson can do both. So it's, it's an excellent move for the Vikings and for Hawkinson going forward because Thielen's getting older. KJ Osborne hasn't really taken off and it, it'd be Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson could get a big share there. So, yeah, surprising move by the Lions. Excellent for Hawkinson and the Vikings. Just a strange one, though, for Detroit. I'm not sure what, what they've even got behind him. They've got Brock Wright and James Mitchell, but I just can't see either of them doing very much. I saw that photo earlier of um, Hawkinson when he got drafted to today. Maybe they're just sick of looking at him, to be honest. Ship him <laughs> off in division. Uh, don't blame them. Fair play. I mean, when, you're, when your hair is more like Mick Hucknall, there's a problem in there. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, <laughs> who, who was the one you posted earlier? Was it the lion, wasn't it? From uh, the lion um, from the Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz absolutely yeah. no, no courage at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was a, um, a lot, a very great likeness there. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a good move for both teams. So, the lions, I'm not 100 sure, but um, yeah, I think in I'm real life, this is a, this is great for the Vikings. I'm gonna, isn't sound it? Like a, I'm gonna sound like a bit of a nerd, but I've got James Mitchell in a couple because they reckon he was a a really good deep sleeper pre-season, some of the people I'll follow say. So. Of course you have. Of course you've got him in a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, that moves on to the next uh, trade, really, because um, it's Chase Claypool to the Bears. Uh, before we start, I've got a quote from a prominent Bears fan on Twitter. 
Um, I have zero Claypool anywhere, and I'm in 264 leagues. I think he's a bum, personally. Um, that is Chase Claypool, who was traded to the Bears for a second-round pick. Um, David, do you know who that quote was from? Do you remember that one? I don't know who that is, because I'm a, I'm a huge Chase Claypool fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, that was from uh, our very own at Adjust Rankings, funny. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in, before we move on to the fancy part, um, happy with this trade just for the Bears in real life, or...? Not too happy because say you're not a big fan, are you? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him personally, and it would have been easier to swallow if it was that Ravens two and not our actual number two. So yeah, it's kind of annoying. Um, he's got all the traits to be something special or something good. He's big, he's quick, he's got everything, but he just he's not really ever put it together over over sort of a three four year spell. I understand that they've had the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger back there, but I just it will show instances now and then when he looks amazing and you think, wow, this guy could be something. And then there's some weeks when he, he's dropping passes, he's running the wrong routes and he's dancing after uh, gaining a yard or so when they need to spike the ball. It, I just think he could look a bit brain dead sometimes. I've never really been interested in him. So, yeah, it was a massive delight when my uh, franchise traded him today yeah, it's, uh, over the moon. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But, I mean, it's an upgrade on our weapons because we was we was rolling with the ghost of Equiminius St. Brown and, and Byron Pringle and other such bums. Pettis, so. can't forget him, can you? He's there well, at the moment, exactly. exactly. And Kill Harry's there as well. So, yeah, we're, uh, uh, yeah I, guess, I guess we'll see. And, um, Sean, I mean, is this, is this a big boost for Justin Fields or do you not think it does much for him? I think it probably is. But, I mean... I, I like Claypool. I'm not like uh, like David. I've I've got Claypool in quite a few leagues, and just because I'm stubborn and again just won't move off of him. But I just think they've paid quite a lot, really. I mean, they've paid what do they pay a second and yeah. something else, and it just seems quite a high price. And I, I just don't really know what the thinking is. Fields has looked really good, and he needs some help. But I'm just not sure that bringing in Claypool's going to make any difference for this season. So, in which point, you're pretty better off just waiting and drafting somebody with that second. Um, I know that when it first came out, there was talk that it was the Ravens second and it was a bit more palatable because it was a late second. But if it's the Bears second, with respect, David, it's uh, it's not going to be <laughs> very late. So, But I suppose it's, it's it does help. Who I think it will benefit is Darnell Mooney. Um, there was lots of talk about Mooney uh, in the preseason as being a really sort of player that you should target, but he's not an alpha receiver. He was never a one for me, so I had concerns. I don't own him in that many places, but it should sort of free up. It's quite a good um, balance of, of profiles there, so it could be interesting. But um, what, I know, think it, um, what I think it might be a bit of as well is um, the free agent wide receiver class next year is not not great, and we've got, um, we've got a ton of cap space in the summer. I think that they might have just got him early just to see what he's like and then see if it's worth renewing him. I think it might be a case of that because, yeah, the wide receiver market's not great and we've got a ton of cap space and um, there's a good chance that we might waste it. So <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a look at Claypool, I guess, is the uh, reasoning behind this one. So we have seen him produce in the past, haven't we? It's not like he's, uh, say, his rookie year, he came out and he was on fire, wasn't he? So he definitely got the upside there. Um, yeah, that big four touchdown game, didn't I think, in his rookie year and he looked yeah. phenomenal. So as David said, it's just questions about his attitude. There was talk about him going to Green Bay, but... Um, they got priced out at the last minute. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers putting up with him dancing around the, you know, spiking the ball in the last minute. It's, um, yeah, a bit of an idiot, but we'll see. And the big winner here is probably Pickens. I know we've spoken a few times about Pickens and picking him up and picking Pickens up in Dynasty, but um, it frees him up quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, 
very good for for Pickens. Yeah. Would you be picking Pickens? I, I would be picking Pickens. I think it's a good pickup. And there were like terrible. tongue twisters we got. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm a, as we discussed last week. I'm a huge Pickens fan, and it's um, yeah, it's only upward for him now. So yeah, good one for Pickens. Yeah, I had a first two trades. I think there is quite a few players that do win out of it. I think um, there's a price a bit high on that on for the Bears, but I think uh, overall it is a is improvement to the team, isn't it? And you know that can only be a good thing going forward, even if uh, maybe a round too high that pick. Um, Who really gets to work as the third receiver there in in Pittsburgh now? I mean, I mean a, can they support a third receiver? Really, that's 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 my question with it. I don't know. With pick it in there, whether they can uh, pick it, throw the pickings, and you know pick them both up and all that. Um, can you like? Can they actually support three wide receivers there? Because I mean, doesn't, that offense does not look good, does it? Well, Fryer move gets a decent amount of volume there. To be honest, I've got him in quite a few fantasy teams, and he gets quite a lot of volume. And, and Pickett seems to like him as well, so probably Fryer move for now. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the only one I can really see doing anything. I, don't, I can't really see any of the any of the wide receivers, but you never know in that Steelers offense, do you? Someone could uh, definitely step up and take the spot. Um, next trade, uh, not one we'll talk about too much for the the big part of the trade, because um, you know we're not doing IDP because I mean IDPs for nerds, isn't it? Um, but Bradley Chubb traded to the Dolphins. Um, obviously, a pretty great addition for them in real in real real football but uh fancy the the main part of this was chase edmonds moving to the broncos um david do you think he's gonna do anything there um is, is there is this anything any is this move of any interest or is it just a bit of a a nothing move that's not really gonna change a lot for anyone i guess it um kind of guess i guess it kind of depends on what chase edmonds turns up because I thought he was. I thought he was good in um, in Arizona. I mean, I don't know why they kept um, Connor over him, but I don't know. Maybe it looks makes sense now. But when he went to Miami on the money that he got, I thought he was going to be the lead back there. But he's just fallen off the face of the earth, and he's looked poor when I've seen him as well. So I, I don't know what's kind of happened to him. But if he can get to to Denver and display anything like he did in Arizona, I think he could be a decent um, third down back. But I don't know, um, Hackett, I don't know how long he's got there, but he seems to prefer, you know, the bigger back, the bigger bruising back, like um, Latavius Murray and Gordon splitting work. So you just don't know much, how much opportunity that Edmonds is going to get there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's probably much of the same with, with Chase Edmonds. He wasn't getting much in Miami he might not now, but um, it kind of kills Mike Boone, but I think he was on IR anyway. So yeah. I don't know, really. It sort of muddles things a little bit, doesn't it, really? For them players, yeah. hard, hard to start any of them this week, isn't it? I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't be starting him this week. Um, Sean on the uh, the Dolphin side, um, another trade they picked up Jeff Wilson for a fifth, um, sort of him and Mostert now as the backfield. Are they anything, anything you like? Um, you say you've obviously mentioned Mostert already, but um, do you think Jeff Wilson's an interesting addition there? I think he's interesting. I think he's more of an insurance for most of though, really. He's not a player that I'd personally be going out trying to, to get. Um, yeah, I think he's going to sit behind. They clearly want most to be the lead back. He's getting the volume, gets to work through the air, but they need somebody there because they've got nothing really behind him. So, um, yeah, not overly interested. Nice little piece. Not, not one that I'm going to be going after. But it, specifically on um, Chase Edmonds to 
Denver, again, I don't think it's going, it's that interesting, but I do wonder whether it's just insurance for Javonta for next season. We've seen all these running backs come back from these ACL injuries and just not hit the ground running. We've obviously seen J.K. Dobbins go back on IR and there's something going on with his knee. So I do wonder if they're looking more at next season, just a bit of continuity at running back. Um, yeah, fairly interesting, but again, not, not something I'm going to be chasing after in Dynasty or Redraft, really. Yeah, it's a good shout about uh, Javante because Edmonds is definitely under contract for next season. So yeah, it's a decent shout. You were you were convinced uh, Cam Makers was going to the Dolphins, weren't you? I was. I, I may have been saying that to try and sell him in a few leagues, but um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like think it, it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it made sense. I mean, obviously we'll get on to Cam Akers shortly, but um, they needed somebody behind Mostert. I know I'm touting Mostert as a buy, but he's never been the most reliable for his health. And, you know, Akers is sitting there and, health questions for himself but really expected them to do something so yeah Wilson interesting move but probably not not one for me I'm afraid yeah um yeah that's fair enough um next move and what could end up being one of the the most interesting moves of the day is Calvin Ridley um currently selling a suspension for having a few bets on the games um I mean a longer suspension than some other and uh, a certain quarterback who's due back in a couple of weeks' time, isn't he? Um, for what seems a lot worse, but, you know, that's the NFL for you. But, um, I mean, it's, I'm not even going to try and explain the trade. It was a very complicated set of uh, package of picks where, you know, if, I think it could go up as high as a second um, or something like that. But uh, Cavalry to the Jaguars. Um, Sean, how does this affect Trevor Lawrence? Because I mean, things have looked a bit worrying of late, haven't they? Does this, is this a boost for him? Do you know, I think it is because it's it's better than nothing. Um, but I'm not convinced that it makes that much of a difference. I'm, I'm not sure he's the right profile. You have to remember, he's going to be coming back from nearly two years out of football. Um, remember, he stepped away from football for his own, what we think, mental health reasons. And, you know, good luck to him for that and hope he's recovered. But obviously, then he's missed another year for playing DraftKings, whatever he was doing. But just in terms of a profile, I've never thought that Calvin Ridley was the one. He was always best opposite Julio. Um, and I just don't know if it really moves the needle for me. You're going to see Ridley going in there with Christian Kirk, who also a very good player, but he's not really a, a dominant alpha wide receiver one. So I think it probably does help um, help Trevor Lawrence because it's better than, you know, Marvin Jones or Zay Jones. But again, I'm not sure it's really what they needed or moves the needle. But I suppose for, for what they've sent across and there's some conditional elements behind these picks, it's probably a sensible move. But um, yeah, don't necessarily think it's game-changing for, for Trevor Lawrence. What about you, David? What are your thoughts? Well, one thing about Ridley is he's a very good route runner and he does get open a lot. So he's going to be open for, for Lawrence. He's going to be another guy that, that will separate and will be a good target. But I just wonder if the Jaguars will still target uh, an alpha-sized wide receiver either in free agency or in the draft because ideally you want an alpha-sized receiver at X and then you want either Ridley or... or Kirk at Y and then one of the guys in the slot and, and as a free I think that could be that could be excellent if you've got a big guy and then you've got Ridley and Kirk splitting between the two I think I think that could be an ideal free for Trevor Lawrence as well so just depends where else they go with it but yeah like, like Sean I, I don't really see Ridley as an alpha so he's, yeah, he's maybe similar to Kirk but they both get open and you know I guess we just see it, where it works out but yeah I do think they need an alpha size wide receiver as well it's hard to say too much about the trade because obviously it's just so much in the future, isn't it? We don't even know. By the time he's playing, it's not far off a year. So, um, yeah, definitely. It's an it's interesting timing, though. I didn't know if it was one they needed to do today. I can't really understand the thinking that it had to be done today. Um, 
but here we are. Yeah, I didn't understand the timing either. I don't, I don't know if it's because Jacksonville have a tough time getting people out there and whether they thought they'd jump the queue and, and get him now. And so I kind of say to him, look, we're, we're backing you and we believe in you. We'll take you now. I don't know. But yeah, weird timing for me as well. Yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely a strange one, but yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, next up, it's already been mentioned, but um, Buffalo Bills added to their running backs. Um, Hines from the Colts for Zach Moss and a conditional six-round pick. Um, a pretty small prize for good players, eh? Um, David, you already said uh, you're a fan of Hines. Um, is, it, is he a player you can trust week to week, or is this just another one of these players in a bit of a muddled situation? Well, when when these players get traded, they tend to the first week they tend to kind of not play so much because they've got to learn the playbook. I mean, even someone as good as McCaffrey, I think he only had nine attempts in his first game, and then you kind of saw what he did in the second game. So he he picked up the run book fairly quickly. But um, yeah, it kind of depends on their attitudes picking out whether you can start him uh, this week. But I think it's a really really good move for both. I think Hines is an underrated runner. Um, they do like Singletary there for some reason. They like to pound him in the early yardage, but Hines is an, is an underrated runner and he's an excellent pass catcher. So he gives them everything that they could want really out of their game. You know, they're very pass heavy, but Hines can do everything that they need otherwise. Um, under contract for next year as well, uh, Singletary's gone. So that looks to be Hines and um, Cooks for next year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the move. I think it just strengthens the bills even more, to be honest. And I'm sure, I mean, there was talk that Alvin Kamara could uh, could have moved there. Um, I mean, to me, that would have always been a bit of a weird move because I think he's someone they'd probably end up having to change the offence for a little bit. Is Hines someone that would just come in and fit in there a lot easier? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, again, I do worry it's um, it's going to become a bit of a muddled committee there and they, they do like Singletary, who's obviously not going to be there next year. And me being the, uh, the, the big James Cook fan, I still hope he gets a look in. But I just... I thought it was a slightly strange move because obviously Nime Hines is more of a polished article, but he is a very similar player to James Cook in that he can, you know, receive out the backfield, runs well. Um, but obviously they need a, a win now player. So I suppose it's a good move for, for the Bills. Uh, again, I think it's probably a, a nice time to sell Hines if you're not competing because that perceived value of joining the Bills is a you know, really good time to trade him away. But yeah, really nice move for real life. I don't necessarily think it's fantastic for fantasy i just think they're going to eat into each other's work a bit um but yeah interesting one yeah um, a couple of a uh, couple of fantasy things out there i think that um it's an ideal time to sell Hines, as sean said but also an ideal time to pick up Dion jackson if uh, you can in leagues because i think he looked very good when he spelled for for both taylor and Hines, and he looks to be the backup now i know zach moss has gone to um the colts but for me zach moss is garbage so I think Dion yeah. Jackson, Jackson's a decent pickup if he's out there. I know Sean picked him up in about 350 leagues, so he's <laughs> where he's available. He's looked really good, hasn't he, Jackson? I, I agree. I think Zach Moss is one of those players. He was available. Why not throw him in? So they're going to get him just a bit of running back depth. But I still think uh, Dion Jackson's going to be the, the backup there. And, you know, Taylor's not been the healthiest, has he? So, yeah, you might find people dropping him in places, but... Yeah, uh, completely agree on Moss. I was a bit of a sucker for Moss years ago when he came out because I saw one clip of him duking to the left once. I mean, it's really tragic. But uh, yeah, ended up drafting him in loads of rookie drafts. Didn't work out. I did out. as well. Yeah, I did as well. <laughs> Stuck it in by the tape. Yeah. Exactly. So we're not so we're not worried about Jonathan Taylor. You know, Moss coming in, stealing all his carries. Not at all. No, um, definitely not. 
might steal his dinner, but I don't know about his carries. <laughs> um, so one trade that happened after we uh, after we um, recorded last week, I think it happened on the Thursday. Um, young Joker uh, moved from uh, the Giants to the Chiefs. Um, Sean, I mean, Giants fan, um, what's your first thoughts on this? A, a third round pick and a sixth round pick this year. Um, is it, he wasn't doing a lot for you, was he? Um, no, I mean, at, at first, my initial reaction, I, I was a bit annoyed, <laughs> really, because I, I thought <laughs> we traded back and then and wasted this uh, pick on, you know, first round pick on him. And um, But we're not using him. He's clearly got something wrong his attitude. I think they're not using him. So actually getting out for a third and him and Wanda Robinson play a similar position. So it made sense for the Giants. He doesn't really fit the culture and what Dayball's trying to do over there. So uh, I think it's a really good move for, for us. For Tony, well, young Joker, sorry. Um, second week now, finally getting it. It's an interesting <laughs> one because I've always, I've always been a big fan. I've got him in loads of leagues and I think the ceiling is really high. So, you know, they call him the, the human joystick and he's just so electric when he's on form. But just the way he goes about his business. I mean, this hamstring, he's tweeting that he's not injured and he's happy to play. It doesn't really sit right. I mean, if he's, if he's fresh to play, why is he not playing? You know, he turned up last year with the wrong boots on. I, I don't know. Uh, I think best ball, absolutely brilliant because he could get these spike weeks with, with Mahomes, but um, it might be a time to cash out. Uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, what are you thinking, David? So... He just screams vintage NFL lad, doesn't he? Because he's he's as you say, he's his ceiling is very, very high. He had that game against the Cowboys last year. What did he put up? 189 yards in one game. Then he, yeah. Then he punched someone in the helmet. I mean <laughs> just sums, sums him, up. him up. Yeah, completely sums him up. That one game summed everything up. He he just moves differently and he's got that he's got that weird burst and juke, hasn't he? He's got speed. They're talking about using him similar to Tyreek Hill in 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 Kansas, but um, I don't know whether he can. He's got that suddenness too. I guess we'll see. But he's got that massive back tattoo as well, hasn't he? Of the Giants and and the number eighty nine. So he's going to need some work done there, isn't he? That might put him out for a few weeks as well. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be an interesting cover up. He's also got the same. You know, you remember that we spoke last week about George Pickens in the draft. He's got that ski mask type thing. He always wears that as well. So I mean, I don't know what that says about him, but um, yeah, bit of an idiot. Uh, not a huge fan. I hope it works out because he's fun to watch, um, and I'm sure that Mahomes will get the best out of him if and when he plays. But yeah, uh, glad to be rid of him as a Giants fan. I think you know the culture that we're building is really interesting, and Wondell Robinson's my boy. So uh, yeah. Good news all around for the Giants. We'll see what I mean, happens for the young Joker. If coach, if any coach can scheme him up, then it's definitely Andy Reid. And if any quarterback can get something from him, then it's definitely Mahomes. So uh, it looks promising on that front, but there's always the idiot factor, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, it's hard to overcome that. Um, <laughs> next up, we'll move on to some of the trades that didn't happen. Um, I don't mention it, but Brandon Cooks, he was sort of maybe the biggest story come out of it. Um, say seconds after the deadline passed, he uh. Well, he'd been liking tweets all day about being traded and then um, sent a tweet saying, don't take a man's kindness for granted. Cover for the lies for too long and those days are done. Cross the line of, of, with playing with my career. Um, doesn't sound like things are too good in in uh, Houston, does it? Um, not for the first time. Um, not for not with a good wide receiver either. DeAndre Hopkins, what was that, two years ago or last season? I can't even remember what it was now. Um, had a lot to say on his way out. Um, but Sean, is Cooks done in Houston? Um this is a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, you just don't know. I mean, I think we all expected him to 
to get a move today and there was talk that he wasn't at practice and everyone was wondering where he could go and I just don't see why they're holding on to him it's a really good wide receiver on his day coming to the end of his career they've got no interest in winning now he clearly doesn't want to be there so I just don't understand why they've not moved him I can only assume that you know somebody didn't want to pay his contract there was talk about the Cowboys and was he asking for was it 18 million a year I think the deal was worth and yeah it's a it's a strange one but we've seen in the NFL for so long now you can tweak whatever you like as long as you're performing so I'm sure it could be worked out but it's um yeah very strange one I don't know how you walk back in the building tomorrow after tweeting all that sort of stuff what is he uh what lies is he covering for what's he talking about yeah that sounds good um Herod, if he plays on Sunday, are you going to trust it? Because, um, I mean, there's not many lineups where Cooks isn't in your starting lineup if you've got him, really, is there? Um, I don't know if I would trust him this Sunday. I mean, I haven't had Cooks for two to three years because he was, then that two to three years ago, he was one concussion away from his head falling off, wasn't he? So yeah. I've not really I've not really touched him since then. But um, I think the only reason he probably didn't move today is, as Sean said, I think the 18 million a year cap hit has put a lot of teams off. They reckon... The Cowboys are in talks to the very end, and it just would have been, it just would have made the Cowboys look pretty stupid if they would have got him anyway on that 18 million cap pit because they got rid of Amari Cooper for what was it, a fifth? And he was on 20 million a year. And imagine Amari Cooper in that um, that offense today, they'd, they'd be strong Super Bowl contenders, and they would have got a lesser player, an older player, uh, for two million less. So it just would have looked stupid all round. But yeah, I think the 18 million cap hit is the only reason he hasn't moved. But um, whether he can be um, fitted back into tech the Texans, uh, it really depends the what way they want to go. They might want to not be so great anyway and get the higher pick. Yeah, I guess it really depends what those lies he uh, lies he saying are really. Because um, yeah, if they come out, then yeah, maybe things are done. Um, next up, we've got the Packers, who unsurprisingly, as always, made absolutely no moves. Um, I mean, they've been crying out for a wide receiver, but does this um, solidify like Alan Lazard and maybe a couple of the others as sort of at least solid plays going forward, even if they're unspectacular? Um, Sean, what do you think? I think so. I mean, Lazard's a player that I've got in a couple of redraft leagues because uh, he's clearly the uh, the number one there. And you know, you know what Rogers is like with these youngsters, and he doesn't have have a m- much of a long leash. And I think he came out a couple of days ago, didn't he? In sort of slagged everyone off basically and said he's uh you know sick of people making mistakes so um i'm sure he's absolutely raging tonight which is always good fun um but yeah i think i think lazard's the one had a bit of a strange breakout for for Torre, didn't we is it Torre? um yeah samari Torre. there's an interesting yeah. on him later actually good well I'll, I'll wait for that I won't go into too much detail <laughs> but that was quite an interesting breakout that, that came at a time after rogers has been piping up so i know that um, lots of people are in on other lads. It's Watson's out injured again. So um, for me, I think it's probably Lazard is the only wide receiver that I'd probably trust in the in the short term. Um, but you might see him go back towards Robert Tunyon and might have a, a good end to the season because someone's got to catch the ball there. Yeah. And um, David, any, anyone? Well, actually, I'll, I'll leave that one because, uh, yeah, so you've got one coming up, haven't you? So we'll leave that till you get to your uh, dynasty buyers and sales. Who knows if maybe a Packers player will be in there. Um <laughs> Cam Akers, a man that's looked absolutely finished for a good few weeks now in uh, LA, but as the deadline passes, is still a Rams player. Um, David, anything you're doing with Akers? Is, do you think maybe he'll be cut at some stage, or is this just a case of seeing out the season and leaving him on your bench and hoping he finds a, a spot next year? 
I mean, I guess it depends completely on his situation and how that stands in, in LA. I think surely they can't cut him. And if he is on the roster, then they've kind of got to use him if he's if he's there, because otherwise it's a waste. I mean, there's nothing else really going on in their run game. I don't think Henderson's it. Um, we saw Ronnie Rivers with the bulk of the carries at the weekend. So there's not much else going on there. A lot of people are looking forward to Corin Williams coming back. So... I don't know if if Cam Akers is there and fit and ready to go. I mean, surely they use him, but I mean, their O line's a mess at the minute as well. But um, I, I, I mean, Sean mentioned him possibly going to the Dolphins, and you know, there was talk of possibly the Falcons. But I don't know just where where he sits. You know, we looked at the free agent wide receiver class on our on our DMs today, and it's just some really good uh, free agent running backs in there. So I'm not sure whoever's going to trade for Cam Akers ever. So they might end up cutting him next year, but. I don't know if they'd cut him now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. It's just a bizarre situation, isn't it? Because we've seen him look pretty good at times. It's not like he's uh, a player that looked terrible. And even when he come back from that injury at the back end of last season, he looked pretty good on that Super Bowl run, didn't he? But, um, I mean, Sean, is it, what, what are you doing with Cam Akers going forward here? I think, you know, I've got him in so many leagues. I was really looking forward to, to Akers. And strange enough, I didn't like him too much coming out. I thought he got really overly hyped and the value just went crazy. But there was a period last season where he became a value and I just took him everywhere. Um, obviously, missing time with the injury. It was just really good value. But um, just really wonder what's gone on because they rushed him back and gave him all these valuable touches in the playoffs and clearly didn't perform because he snapped his Achilles a few months before. But I just feel a bit bad for him. I mean, I think he tweeted earlier that he misses football and, you know, idiot like us pipes up and said, why don't you play football? And he said, if it was up to me, I would. So there's clearly a bit more going on in Los Angeles rather than just um, just health and fitness. There's something happened there. So could they cut him? I, I can't see it. Why would they? You know, if you might as well just hold him and see what happens. Um, but it's um, just all a bit of a shame, really, um, especially given that he, rushed himself back from this horrible injury but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens i'm holding him everywhere because you can't get anything returned now and uh, hopefully someone comes in at some stage next year yeah and definitely worth holding him i think is he a player you could take a flyer on with like i don't know would, would you get him for a third now would someone sell him for that is, is he well, worth might, that sort of pick it's worth a gamble might. i think for a third do you think yeah, someone you sell him for that couple. i think you might get a couple you know i think the high second was sort of the price of a couple of months ago and um, people might now be completely fed up of it and might be willing to go for a third. So thirds are, I think Miles is quite a big fan of thirds, isn't he? Because they're good yeah. um, sort of negotiating trade chips and you're not really getting that many players in the third that are going to help your side. So I think the upside is definitely there if he lands in a good spot or if Henderson and Williams go down, you never know. He could have a bit of redemption. So I'd happily throw out a third. Some, some owners might take it. Um, a couple more players that didn't move. Um, Elijah Moore looked like a player that was, I mean, almost definitely going to be traded, it felt like, as say, he's not being used in uh, New York. Um, David, I think you're a big fan of his. Um, I mean, must be disappointing to not see a move. Yeah, I mean, in, in all the leagues that um, Sean and I are in together, I think either one of us owns him in most of them. So um, that kind of tells you how we feel about Elijah Moore yeah. and... I'm absolutely seething about his current situation. He's got all the talent in the world. Um, I don't know what's gone on. He's he's not really been used properly this season. He looked amazing last season. All the talents there. Um, the quarterback in uh, in New York is is a disaster for me. Um, I'm not really seeing any signs of progress. 
and it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of put Mike White in soon, which would be would it would be a terrible look for Zach Wilson. But it wouldn't surprise me if Mike White comes in soon. Um, I think he wanted out, and um, he's got an agent um, that's renowned for getting people players a move when they need it. Um, he's going to be in the doghouse for the rest of the season as well, isn't he? Because last week I think he had one target tied with Jeff Smith, so they're obviously going to treat him that way going forward. Um, and he's got a terrible quarterback or he could have Mike White. So it doesn't look good for the rest of the season. I guess then it depends whether he moves next season. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, really frustrated with the whole situation as I think he could be a, a really, really good receiver. Yeah, sure. Would you, where would your ideal land spot have been? I mean, Green Bay? It, it would have been to my New York Giants, actually. Uh -huh. uh, I don't care. We'll, we'll have the, the shortest wide receiver core in the league. I'm not, not <laughs> bothered about that at all. But yeah, I completely agree with David. It's, it's just a shame. I really love the talent, love the player. I completely agree on Zach Wilson. I think he's absolutely rubbish, to be honest with you. There's no signs of progress. He's getting hit all over the place. Doesn't see anything. It reminds me of when Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. It's that sort of play from him. He's just not progressing at all. It's just really difficult for these players when they're so vocal about how unhappy they are and wanted to be traded. And I think the post-game interview, he said that, you know, they asked about his rapport with the quarterback and he said, I don't know. You see, I don't get the ball. And again, he's got to walk back in the building the next day. So, um, yeah, again, still holding on to him. I don't even know if he's a buy low because I don't think the price could drop any further, yeah. to be honest. Um, but yeah, holding him where I have him, but just a bit of a shame all round, really. Quite what they do at quarterback long term, I don't know, because Wilson's just not the answer. So, um, so Dan Hansis on the, the Around the NFL podcast, he had a shout, um, I think it was yesterday, saying that Derek Carr will be the Jets quarterback next year. It makes some sense. I could, uh, I could see the Raiders when they cash in. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure how great he would be. I, I don't mind him, but um, I think it'd be more think of the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's fine. I think that's you don't need anyone particularly amazing. You obviously had Andy Dalton for years was sort of the benchmark of average quarterback play. And I think Carr's slightly above that sort of level, but he's generally fine. It's clearly not working out where he is. And I think that would be quite an interesting move, actually. Um, be, fine for the Jets and fine for Carr, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think for Carr, it wouldn't be an upgrade. It wouldn't be a downgrade, really, would it? They've got some talent there, same as uh, they have in Las Vegas. But yeah, that should be an interesting one. Um, final one, um, Kareem Hunt looked like he was going to be on the move, seemed um, maybe the most likely of the runabouts to be traded. Um, I mean, David just is staying in, staying in Cleveland. Um, they've always lost sort of a couple of seasons, they've been able to support uh, Chubb and Hunt, but it's been sort of been more Chubb this season. But is Hunt someone you can trust? Um, I mean, lots of bye weeks around now and lots of injuries. Is he someone you'd be putting in your lineups? Um, I own him in quite a few leagues just because I, I quite like the player and you can play him quite a lot of weeks because he gets the passing down work and that's obviously worth more in PPR leagues, but he tends to get around 8, 9, 10, 11 and, and not much else unless he's getting touchdowns or he does have multiple touchdown games where he's vulturing stuff from Chubb because Chubb's just done 60 yards and they need to spell him and then obviously Hunt will come in and steal the touchdown. So he does have some quiet weeks, but... He's normally around like the 8 to 10 to 12 mark. Um, I don't know why he didn't move because apparently the, the ask for him was a fourth rounder. I think that's fine for Hunt. Um, Cleveland have got back up there and Dearness Johnson as well. And 
from Cleveland's perspective, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't push him out more. I don't know if they would have taken a fifth or not, but yeah, I'm surprised this one didn't happen. Obviously, a free agent in the summer as well, and I don't know if they'll get a comp pick for him or not if he moves, but I'm surprised this one didn't happen today. I mean, Sean and I spoke about it, and we thought he was nailed on for the Rams, and that didn't happen. So um, he'll just be in the same sort of situa situation moving forward in Cleveland that he's always been in. Um, I mean, again, if you're a contender, if, if you're going to ask a running back, someone like Kareem Hunt's a pretty cheap gamble, isn't he? Yeah, I think he, he's one of the players that you can always pick up for a second, no matter how good or, or bad he's playing. He's always around a second. And as a contender, I think it's definitely worth worth a buy because, as, as David says, he gets the, the passing down work. And there's always that upside. If Chubb does go down, he could be a league winner. I know I thought he'd get moved today. I can't really understand why he hasn't, but um, he sometimes just don't pan out. It's just strange. Maybe the, the Rams you know, couldn't get anyone to take acres and they just couldn't do both i'm not entirely sure but they were clearly sniffing around for running back so it just seemed to make a lot of sense yeah it seemed like it seemed like cleveland and hunt both wanted it to happen didn't it just, uh, yeah just um yeah. strange they didn't they didn't find a way but um yeah i mean there's some offers in there but we won't go on too much longer um we'll move on to our dynasty buyers and sells um sean who, who are you buying this week so this week my buy is actually terrace marshall and um I didn't think I'd be saying this because I was quite high on him last season and had him in quite a few leagues. He obviously came out of LSU, a really good profile and terrible rookie year and, and people just got fed up. And again, I'm very stubborn in, in Dynasty. It's something I need to work on, but I held him everywhere. And there's a couple of leagues this year. I just got so sick of it. I did actually cut him in a few, just um, in a bad mood. So, uh, but he's looking really good. Obviously we've had Robbie Anderson, um, move and Christian McCaffrey's gone over to the 49ers and he's clearly the, the wide receiver too now he's playing the last couple of weeks he's played 86 and 93 percent of the snaps and he's in three then nine targets last week so you know he's getting a lot more work he's looking a lot better with it Had a couple of drops in the end zone I don't think it's really fair to put it on him they were hard catches um, and of course the Panthers are rubbish so you know, despite the fact they're doing well in their division they, they could very well be looking at a quite a big quarterback upgrade in due course so um yeah it, i think he's definitely a good dynasty buy in terms of the price i think people generally paid a second in their rookie draft last year um it's probably not dropped too much now because it probably was a third a month or so ago it's probably back up to a, a late second might be worth throwing out a third and see if you get lucky but yeah i think for the price that's um the upside's really good and uh didn't think it would happen so that's my dynasty buy at the moment nice. And um, I think, um, I've got a note, girl. I think that uh, me and Sean were the only ones left holding Terrace Marshall for quite a <laughs> while. So, um, yeah, I like I like Terrace Marshall as well. I think one of the issues with him in Carolina was Matt Rawl and, and the brain trust that he had there tried to play him as a big slot, and it, it didn't kind of really work for him because that's not that's not what he's really for. He, at LSU, he was he was the big X. You know, they played um, Chase in the slot or um, Jefferson in the slot, and Marshall was the big X and the Panthers have kind of moved him back there and, and the switch over to PJ Walker has helped him as well. So yeah, he's playing a little bit to his strengths, but also the, um, the quarterback willing to take the shots has helped as well. And um, who, who are you buying, David? Um, my dynasty buyer is Samari Toure. Um, I understand this is obviously a very, very deep sleeper pickup in dynasty. You can probably pick him up for free in most leagues. Um, I've got him on a few taxi squads. He was a star in the East-West Shrine Bowl game last year. Um, I follow a lot of people who, who cover both the Shrine Bowl and the uh, Senior Bowl. 
um i always check box scores of, of both games and watch the highlights and uh, stand out um intriguing intriguing prospects and and the landing spot was actually a bonus because once adams went there was no real guaranteed receiver there in in green bay they tend to draft low and, and develop these guys as well i mean Devonte adams was kind of seen as a bit of a joke for his first couple of seasons when he was taken and but they developed him um Watson's been injury prone and Dubs has had his drops. Um, Randall Cobb's out injured. Lazard's currently out injured. Rogers will find someone from that crowd and, and kind of make it work. And um, he's seen the field the last two weeks. He scored a touchdown on one reception. I know it was only one rece reception um, this week, but he was very smart in how he played the scramble drill for the, for the touchdown. Um, when watching games, obviously you try and take the small things you can just, to help you like in dynasty but chris collinsworth i was listening to the commentary and he mentioned how his movement during that scramble drill with rogers was reminiscent of Devontae adams when um rogers was scrambling i'm not saying Toure is going to be the next Devontae adams far from it i'm i'm just saying you could have a wide receiver who's going to play a role in green bay for the future and you know he's nothing right now so it's, it's a nice gamble dynasty pickup but um Keep an eye on him in the coming weeks because I think there's a chance for him um, to have a part there. I, I like that, actually. I mean, my stance on Green Bay, as we've spoken already, there's a load of average receivers and it's always just worth taking the cheapest one and hoping it pans out. And um, so I've stashed him on, on a few taxi squads and, yeah, I quite like that as a buyer. Um, Sean, who are you selling this week? So this week I did touch on it earlier, but I, I still think um, Naheem Hines is a, is a sell for me in Dynasty. I think he's obviously been behind Taylor. He's always been um, known as the, the catching back and has those spike weeks, really good best ball player, but you never know when you can start him. And I, I think as much as it's probably a, a short-term boost in, in, in Buffalo, I still don't know if I'd be comfortable starting him, certainly not in the short term. You just don't know what that split's going to be between him, Singletary, and I still think James Cook's going to get some work. So... This short-term boost is what you need to do in Dynasty. So if there's someone out there needs a running back, obviously infatuated by Josh Allen and the Bills and this run game, if you can get a 23-second, I'm selling all day. The only possible exception is if you're a contender and you don't have much depth at running back, just hold on and see what you've got. You might be able to use him. But um, yeah, I think these short-term spikes in value, I'd be selling Hines if I've got him. Yeah, nice. Definitely agree with that one. Um, David, who, who are you selling? Uh, this one hurts a little bit. Um, this one makes me sad because um, I love the player. I really, really love the player. He's one of my favourite running backs in the league. This is going to be controversial as well because he's still fairly young. I think he's 23 or 24. Um, he drives me to frustration because he's absolutely electric. When he's DeAndre Swift. Um, he's missed 11, 11 games he's missed in the last three years with various ailments. And um, it's not just the games he's missing. It's the fact that, obviously, um, either side of those games, he tries to play banged up or the Lions just end up using Jamal Williams or Craig Reynolds and they don't really use him and he's, he's banged up. And he's just not usable sometimes in fantasy. Um, Jamal Williams is actually a free agent next year, so the role could expand for Swift, but he's yet to play a full season in the NFL in three years. Like I say, 11 missed games in three years is not great. You could get monster value for him right now because, like I say, he's electric. I, I love watching him. I love watching him. I think he's excellent. But you, um, you've got a chance to get a younger a running back, or if you're in rebuild and you've got Swift somehow, there's maybe a chance to 
flip him and a pick for maybe someone like Brees Hall. You know, there's Kenneth Walker. He does have huge value because he's a genuine game winner and game changer. He catches passes. He's got everything. I mean, when he plays, he's electric. It's just genuinely frustrating that he's not on the pitch enough and there's Jamal Williams is there vulturing touchdowns. Um, I've not sold any of him yet. Oh, I, I sold him last year to Sean, mainly, but it was mainly because I needed wide receivers in that league. It wasn't because I was down on Swift. You actually took um, Elijah Moore, didn't you, from memory? Yeah, Elijah Moore and T. And Higgins, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, I've not sold him this year. Um, it's something I'm going to explore, but yeah, it's, it's going to sting when I sell him because like I say, I love him, but... Just frustrating for me. I'm completely with you on him, actually. I've got him in a couple of leagues. I thought I'd contended and actually he's killed me because you just can't rely on him at all. But I think it might be worth just waiting a couple of weeks. I mean, obviously losing, not that they had he had much work, but losing Hawkinson, I think some of those short yardage dump-offs should, in theory, go to Swift and you might see some short-term spike in value. But yeah, completely agree. I'm, I'm trying to sell where I can. Just in terms of picks, though, what do you think you're going to get in pure picks for him? Because I think the consensus is people are a bit a bit worried about him. What, what are you going to get for him, do you think? I think you're, you're definitely getting a first. It's then whether you can expand it into a, maybe a 24 first as well. I don't know. But um, people get desperate on the running if they're contending and they need a, a, a running back like that. And he does everything. So kind of gambling on what people need aren't you looking around see who needs a running back maybe but um in in purely picks you'd be hoping for two firsts but other than that it might be first and another guy I don't, i'm not sure it's a uh, it's a tough valuation isn't it um right we will move on to our college player um david who, who are we covering this week so uh rookie wide receiver uh quentin johnston um He's a popular, I guess, predicted top three wide uh, wide receiver pick from the class. Uh, Four-star high recruit out of the Temple High School in Texas. He's six foot four. He's 200 pounds. So he's got a good alpha receiver height, but he's he's quite live with it. Um, you know, he's quite slim. He's not got um, an alpha build um, weight-wise. Um he runs a 450-40, so he's not overly explosive. Um, decent time, decent enough for a wide receiver. Uh, when you watch him, he's more of a striding type of runner. Uh, very, very long strides when he gets going. Just takes him a while to hit top gear. Very good in contested catch situations. He's got a huge catch radius because he's got very long arms. Um, he's also got good hands. I've seen quite a few highlight plays where he's making one-handed catches. Um, he plays for Texas Christian University, or TCU, as most commonly known. Um, TCU competing in the uh, Big 12 Conference, along with Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, and Iowa, among others. Um, it's not known for the great level of competition. Um, it's certainly a step down from the SEC. We've seen before out of that conference as well, um, Baylor have had dominant wide receivers in the conference, but they've struggled at the NFL level. So lads like Corey Coleman and Denzel Mims, actually wild people with their, their physical traits and they've dominated the conference and they've come out and they've not done anything in the NFL. Um, we also saw recently a player like Jalen Rager, who was actually from TCU, so highly touted in the 2020 NFL draft. He was actually taken in the first round by the Eagles, but um, he's, he's kind of been a bust and finds himself as, I think, wide receiver four or five now on the Vikings. Um, this obviously shouldn't be used to, to completely disregard uh, Quentin Johnston moving ahead, but just be aware of the competition that he's facing and where he's coming from. 
Um, he tends to be bigger and stronger right now than a lot of the people that he's coming up against. Um, there's a chance that maybe he's bullying some of that Big 12 competition. He's not ultra explosive after the catch. He's not um, shifty. His feet are not quick. Uh, it takes a while to hit top speed, as I said previously, more along stride with his running. Um, he does have great hands and he's reliable when the ball's thrown his way. Um, as I said before, he's got the, the height and the radius. Um, he's got a lot of highlight plays when, when you look them up. I'm just, I'm really wary of um, guys coming out of the Big 12 after being burned by Jalen Rager. Um, probably unfair on Johnston, but um, he's definitely one that I want to monitor closely during the whole draft process. You know, check his combine out and um, what the other guys think of him and things like that. He's usually mocked with the top five wide receivers of the class, um, Smith and Jigba and Butte, Addison and Downs. I do wonder if Butte actually ends up going back to college because he's had a disastrous 2022 and I, I'm not even sure where he'd go if he'd come out now. He's had a bit of a nightmare season at LSU, so I'm not sure Booty comes out. Um, could be a weaker class than people think at wide receiver. Um, uh, completely different from the running back class, which looks really good. Um, Quinton Johnson's not a personal favourite of mine, but I, I really want to try and judge it unbiasedly through the whole draft process and try and judge what I see with him and, and what the analysts say and, and try and watch a bit more tape of him just so I'm, I'm not being unbiased. So, yeah, one to watch, one to keep an eye on, but um, just remember where he's coming from and, and, and the kind of record of Big 12 receivers uh, over the last few years. And um, Sean, is he is a player you've looked at? He's not, to be perfectly honest. If I leave that to our, our good friend David, who does a, a really good job on the rookies, but... Um, just on the Jalen Rager thing, I'm completely out on Quentin Johnson. Completely unfair. Um, <laughs> Rager burnt me so hard that I'm not uh, drafting anybody from TCU again. So uh, expect Quentin Johnson to be a Hall of Famer in due course. Um, yeah, that was sure that's it. My, my thing when I was watching him was I was. I was it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, what can I pick up on that I don't like? And then you know, I'm I'm picking up on all these things, and I'm thinking he's going to be good because it's because I'm so down on him. That's a pretty tough one. Um, Right, that brings us pretty much to the end. Um, David, how'd you get on in fantasy this week? I mean, we had a game in our original league that I think I was the second top scorer and you were the uh, top scorer. After I did make a trade with Sean, a bit of a gamble, I took uh, Jamar Chase, I gave him Tyler Boyd. I think Boyd probably would have been the difference, wouldn't he? Uh, but yeah, you, you won that one. How about, how about the rest of your leagues? Yeah, so it's, it's taken till week eight, but I, I went off in quite a few leagues. It's, I'm, I guess when you have a lot of the same players across the same leagues, DJ Moore had a blinder and... I've got McCaffrey in a few. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, look, quite a few of my teams went off. Um, that that game you're talking about, you took the gamble and obviously released Chase and, um, sorry, brought in Chase and released Boyd. But um, I think you put in Traquan Smith and he, he dropped to zero. So yeah. probably did cost you. But, I mean, you've got the win stacked up and I really yeah. need the win. So I like yeah. to think that you were helping me out. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, it's a 14-team run. There's not, it's quite deep bench as well, isn't it? There's not a lot out there. Um, yeah. a replacement but you know yeah it was a rough one that that pick up um sean how, how did you go a bit of a mixed week really actually so um I, i'm losing in the leagues that i want to lose in which i think is something that people Someone's need to lost. learn a bit 
yeah, I think people need to to learn that a bit more in Dynasty. If your team just can't compete, there's nothing wrong in just blowing it up. Do it properly. Uh, don't bench all your starters. I think that's a bit poor form, but there's nothing wrong with trading away and investing in draft picks. So losing in a few leagues, which is good. Um, in, in redraft, I had a bit of a nightmare this week, actually. Lost a few players. As you said, I, I lost Jamar Chase. And in redraft, I traded him with you and got in Tyler Boyd, who a bit of a, bit of a downgrade, but I just needed some production, ended up losing. So um going to be an interesting week coming up. I think there's so many teams on by. Um, I'm having a bit of a disaster in fielding a lineup in a few leagues. So we'll see what happens with waivers tomorrow morning. Um, but overall, generally fine. I'm 8-0 in one of the first and 10 leagues, which is uh, my last 8-0 side, which is uh, lovely. But a bit of a mixed bag. I think that um, in, in regards to the dynasty, I, I think there's, there's a there's a thing in some leagues where, you know, people that have got a chance to win, they just will not give up their picks and try and go all out to win. And it's like, you can't really do both. You can't keep your picks and win. It's very rare you get to do that. But you've either really got to go all in to win or all in to, to lose. You, you, there's no point you being in the middle ground. If you're if you're rebuilding, then literally sell everyone of value. Uh, and if you are going for it, then literally do everything you can to get every player you can to win that league. There's no point, you know, doing well to finish second, third or fourth. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I've got, I've got, I've got a few sides now that are four and four and I've, I've not meant to. I've just blown them up and I've ended up doing OK. But that, that's such a good point because people that are sitting in first with a really good record and they need a running back and just won't give up that late first. I just find it absolutely crazy, really. It's um, They'll end up winning. Just, you know, we put all this time in and all this podcast and all the preparation. It'll be someone like that that wins. But, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a um, poor process. I mean, if, you, if you're sitting at two and six right now and you've got like a 30-year-old receiver out there, like a DeAndre Hopkins, say. I mean, we and Sean chatted about Hopkins the other day. Um, he's trying to sell him in a league. I'm trying to buy him in another. So I just wasn't sure on the value. But, um, yeah, the there's players out there that are just holding on to him when they've got a pretty bad record at this stage. It's just not really worth it, I don't think. Players like that are so, so valuable. You can get a decent haul back from him as well, can't you? And um, one thing that people Hopkins, often miss... Sorry. Sorry, sorry, David, go on. Hopkins is, uh, Hopkins is an interesting one. So what would what would you actually say is his value right now? Because I've bought him in a couple and he's, the value is different on him across yeah. the board, I've found. So I don't know, what what is both of your values of Hopkins right now? I'm happy to pay a first if I if I if I'm in a league where I think I need that player, and I'm happy to probably add a little bit to that as well. But I mean, in leagues where I have do have him, and I would happily sell him, I can't get that. It's um, it, it's such a strange one. I don't really understand it. Players that have got him where I want to buy him don't seem to want to sell him, and then players where I've where I've got him and I want to sell him, I can't seem to get rid of him. He's a uh, it's just impossible, really. But, I mean, Sean, you, uh, you've you been trying to sell him, haven't you? So, what do you He's say? a tough value. I mean, I, I think I came out to you, uh, Dave, and I said I'd want at least a high second and a good upside rookie, someone like, a, at the time, Skymore, who's probably taken a bit of a hit on value now. But um, I, I think I'd pay a 24 first. I don't know if I could give up a 23 first. But, yeah, he's a tough value. He's worth more to the person who has him. Um, but I think something that people sometimes miss if you're rebuilding if you can't win now it's not always just about ripping people off in trades it's often getting those points off your roster if you trade away Hopkins he's scoring 20 I think he scored 33 points last season last week in 
in regular scoring leagues. And you don't want those points on your roster. So it's not just about what you're getting in. It's actually what you're losing from your starting lineup that really helps get you a better draft pick. And that gets lost in the process, I think, for a lot of people. So, um, yeah. yeah, sometimes take a slight hit, get a better draft pick and go again. Yeah, and don't just do what some people do and not set your lineups properly. Because, uh, yeah, it's no good for any league, is it, when you have some uh, unset lineups with Hopkins on the bench and they're starting, I don't know, some random bum for some reason. Um, um, what about um, what about if you do a monster trade and get a win now running back, but leave that win now running back on the bench? Would you recommend that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's not ideal, uh, personally. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't make that move, but, you know, some people out there are mavericks, aren't they? And, um, you know, <laughs> makes win now moves and then trades away win now players about two days later. Um, I wouldn't say maverick, I'd say more goose. <laughs> <laughs> no comment from me. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, well, have we got an update on uh, Taysom Hill Watch, David? Hey, some hill watch. Do you know what? I didn't have it prepared this week, so oh, let, no. me just, let me just go and click. Let me let me check. Uh, what, I, what... I finally remembered it for the first time, and you haven't got it prepared. I can't believe it. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Taysom Hill this week. What did he do? One reception, eleven uh, yards. Two targets, um, one reception. So eight point two eight points. So yeah, another down week for bigger uh, tiresome hill. I mean, sixty yards rushing is all right, isn't it? Not too yeah. bad. In tight end spot, if you can play him there. Yeah. Oh. I, I actually had to play him a couple of times this week that's how uh, desperate it is at tight end rough when you have to uh, play Taysom um, Sean where can people find more from you yep so I'm on Twitter it's um, regards chief uh, don't tweet too much but uh, yeah my nonsense is on there and David um, you're going to be changing your name aren't you because you uh, don't want to be associated with some certain people um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently locked at the minute, but I'm at uh, a just ranking 20. Um, I'm locked because I can't tolerate certain people. So, Easy to slag them off behind uh, that padlock, isn't it? Yeah, it's not even just that. I just can't avoid <laughs> interacting with them. I mean, I understand that. Um, right. Uh, you can find us at first and 10 underscore. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Um, thanks both of you for coming on. And um, yeah, we will see you all next week. 